0: When I write, the song's already been written in my head, like, subconsciously, and I'm just, like, the vessel that's, like, putting it into the world, because there's, like, things that I say that, like, in the moment I don't grasp, and then, like, I hear it, like, a month later, and I'm like, what the fuck?
1: This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champagne Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box Studio with a songwriter from the Champagne Urbana music scene, past or present. Champagne is also a band podcast, is proud to be a part of the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Okay, so, welcome to... Bonus episode 9. Today, I'm going to be talking with Chase Scott, aka Chase Baby, from episode 38, about his upcoming EP that was just dropped today, August 28th. And that EP is Disassociation EP. Without further ado, let's get to the interview. Welcome to Champagne is Also a Band podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking with Chase from episode 38 about his upcoming EP that is dropping on August 28th, the Dissociation EP. And uh, we're just going to get down to the nitty gritty and like, how how does one record an album in the middle of a uh, pandemic? So, Chase, welcome to the program.
0: Thank you. Glad to be here for the, well, technically the third time because we did the uh, the Little Sips episode. Yeah. Which actually... Uh, I I think on The
1: Little Sips, we used your song Sleep Paralysis, which is on this EP, but that was an early version, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, it was the same as far as like like the vocal takes and all that. It was just not the current mastered version that we have now. To the naked ear, it's nothing that you wouldn't like recognize. It's just for us
1: perfectionists. To me, this hits me as an even more personal album EP than you've done in past, I mean, we can look at the song that we talked about on the show which was, you know, Fuck, I feel like this kind of picks up all the pieces that Fuck kind of left behind and you kind of are kind of re- readdressing some of them.
0: Am I off base on that? I mean, there's such a like a span of time between the like the age that I wrote Fuck and the age I wrote this, it's like a good five to six years for most of it. If you think about who you were like five years ago is compared to who you are right now, there's going to be lots of different... Experiences and ups and downs and whatnot, and they're not always parallels. There's common themes in both songs, but I think this is a lot more introspective. As fuck was just kind of like journaling in the moment, and this is more experiencing and then recalling on those experiences to see, you know, like what you can learn from them, or maybe pinpoint some root causes that may not have been very particular in the moment. I believe this is going to be dropping the exact same day as this episode drops,
1: so yeah, when did you begin recording this EP or have this idea of generating this EP with these very solid like, I feel like this is very cohesive, like all four of the songs just fit together really nicely.
0: It's hard to make a cohesive EP because it's so uh, short. So it doesn't have a long like, lifespan. So it's good to hear that.
1: So when did you begin recording this?
0: I want to say early 2018. I think it was like summer towards the fall of 2018 is when we got the recording process. Like the beat making and like the idea came like early 2018 to late 2017. So it's had some life and I've been like sitting on the final product for quite some time also. So I could have dropped it probably like the middle of like last year, but I decided not to.
1: When did Larry Gage or Curb Service get involved with this process?
0: Me and my rapping partner, Truth Aka Trouble, who now goes by Sandman Slim, we performed Pygmalion. It was Seth's idea who runs the festival. It was his idea to couple us up with Curb Service so we can have like a live band. They learned like four or five of our songs and it went super well. And I just kind of like fell in love with the idea of like rapping over live instrumentation. And he had mentioned Larry. He mentioned that he has all the means to do that, and he actually just moved to a new place and has a new studio set up that can accommodate a lot more than he used to. So I went over there to record a song for my album, Good Days, Bad Days, because he wanted to get some folks in there. So he offered, hey, I I'll I'll will record, track a song for you for free. I went over there and I liked it. I saw the drums and everything. And I was like, dude, I can do what I want to here. So, we linked up. Not too long after that, I dropped Good Days, Bad Days on my birthday in 2018. So, I dropped that album February 10th, 2018. So, I probably was there in, like, probably early January recording that song. So, we probably got together early 2018 to go over the beats. When you work with Curb Service, did he start the beats first? So, he had an idea, which was, hey, send me some tracks that kind of accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. Just like songs that inspired me at the time Some songs that had the kind of like sound that I wanted to get. So I sent him Angel Dust by Mac Miller, Heel Toe by Action Bronson, Chanel by Wiz Khalifa, which one of the songs on the album is almost like a clone of that. One Two by Slum Village. Yeah. So I sent him those four songs and he just kind of like wrote down what he heard and what influences were in those songs just so he could have somewhere to live in the creation process and not just like walk in there and be like... I have no idea what this kid wants, and he made the four beats that we ended up running with. I think we reworked one of them. This is the first time I've just been the artist, and I haven't had to be the guy that's, like, behind the computer doing all the mixing and mastering, and the guy that's, like, hitting record and, like, running over to the microphone. And So, it was cool just to, like, not have that on my shoulders and just, like, focus on, like, delivering my vocals or you know telling him like what i wanted and i didn't have to like run the, uh, the computer to do it so it was a cool feeling
1: covid 19 got you down you looking for some music some video games Well, Exile Main Street still has all the things you need. New and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile Main Street still has something for any music enthusiast and old-school gaming devotee. Exile Main Street is taking orders, making deliveries, and pickups by appointment. They can find just about any music or video game you need. Check out their website, ExileMainStreet.com, for links to their Discogs page for new additions. You can also contact them via Facebook Messenger to see what they can find for you. They can also be reached on Instagram, Twitter, email, or phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246 going to dig into each of the songs on this EP or at least, you know, however many you want to go into. Um So- All of them. Yeah. So, let's just dive in. Like, so the first track on this is called Murder. Yes. What started this song for you? Was this the first one that you worked on or was it just like, how did you decide that you would do this first as the first track?
0: No. This was actually the last song I wrote. For the project, because it was like the beats was still just the instrumentation. I had like two hours to come up with a song because I was about to go over there to record it. It's like, fuck. so I had already had this song written to an Aesop rock beat that I never like released and I liked, and I was like, let me try it on this, and it fit like perfectly. So I was able to just take something I'd already written that fit the general scope of the EP, and it ended up becoming the intro just because I like how it comes in and like my girlfriend's on the beginning, kind of like forewarning you of my demonstrative behaviors and stuff like that. So I felt like it fit as an intro, but it's weird because it was the last song that we recorded for the EP. What I'm
1: curious is this song to me, it's kind of like you're, I don't know, presenting yourself, kind of uh, defining your identity a little bit, but also like in a very self-conscious way. I don't know. Is that a fair assessment or do you?
0: Yeah. I mean, I'd say that's pretty fair. There's not much rhyme or reason to the song to me, But it's also a song I just kind of wrote as, like, a practice song, I guess. There's a lot of, like, songs that I'll write to, like, beats that have already been released, like, by other artists, just so I can kind of keep my, like, pen sharp. But they'd never see the light of day. So that's pretty much what this was supposed to be. Oh, okay. And then I ended up using it. You said something about, like,
1: uh, I never show my ass, I I shower in my drawers.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um... I don't know. I just wanted to be like a clever way of saying like, I don't pontificate everything that I go through internally onto others. And so like a lot of people, they say that's called showing your ass, like a hard head makes a soft ass. So it was just a clever way of saying that, which is pretty much what like rap is. It's like saying what other people have said a hundred times already, because you can only say the same thing so many times but saying it in a clever way that somebody else has it. I guess moving on, Lifelines, Who is the guest vocalist on this one? Oh, that is AMS. AMS, the Nerd King. He's a good friend of mine. He did a lot of B-boy and stuff, battles here in Champaign. And like I think uh, when he went to UIUC and he rapped, he did a lot of hosting, and then he ended up moving to Chicago. But I met him through Belly, who's on the project as well. He, he does all the DJing. And Scratches. forgot what show, but there was a show that we did together. I think he was the host. I want to say it was like 2013 when this happened. And then we've just been like good friends ever since. And we've always wanted to, uh, know, to work together, but it never really happened. Either it wasn't the right timing or the song wasn't right. So I had this and I had an open verse on it. I just had the idea, like, this sounds like he would spaz on it. His, like, vernacular is fucking insane. He says, like, a bunch of words that I had to look up when I first got the verse. (laughs) (laughs) Like, fucking curmudgeon and, like, things like that. And I'm just like, dude, like, how do you know these words? I guess he's you know, college educated, so I guess that helps. I do want to say, like, one of
1: my favorite lines possibly even on this whole album. Although The th- Turn the Page has has one that I really like as well, but the I feel the brightest when I'm shadowed by the night sky. Yeah. Sometimes I hear a line from somebody and I said, "Is this the line that kind of started the whole thing or like cuz it just feels like something you could like pivot on this whole Yeah. that whole line. Like was that was that like the hook that you wanted to Bring out or
0: it just kind of like happened. Like a lot of these things, I don't put too much thought into in the moment, they just kind of like create their own world afterwards, which is weird. I don't know, I don't know if that's how everybody else writes, but like when I write, the song's already been written in my head, like subconsciously, and I'm just like the vessel that's like putting it into the world because. There's, like, things that I say that, like, in the moment I don't grasp, and then, like, I hear it, like, a month later, and I'm like, what the fuck? That's exactly what I'm, like, going through right now. Or, like, sometimes I'll even predict things that happened in my life in the future in songs that I recorded months ago. So I don't know if that's a case of, like, just the way that I experience a song now is, like, different than I did before, or if it's, like, me, like legitimately like kind of having somewhat of a sixth sense or something i don't know some songs i put incredible amounts of thought and work into and some songs just kind of write themselves and a lot of this ep was like it just like happened
1: i know we talked kind of about what you're writing and what your music means to you but it does seem to be this you hit me as somebody that's that's I don't know if I call you religious or spiritual or anything like that, but I always feel like your sense of lyrics and everything is very trying to be... You separate from yourself, but you're also kind of very, like, spiritual about it. Does that... Did that make any sense? It's just... I don't know how to put a pin on it, but it's just like you... It's your therapy and it's also your... It's like your being in some ways, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel that. I try not to, like, make my music so, like, first person sometimes... Because I feel like it makes it harder for people to relate to when it's so specific about a current person or current event. I try to, like, refrain from saying, like, I, me, and those kind of things, and just kind of explain the situation that I was going through without it being a testimonial. But some experiences are so unique to me that they kind of have to come off like a testimonial. Like, fuck, or like... Sleep Paralysis, those songs were inspired from like specific moments in my life. So, they seem a lot more dear to me as some songs are more like observational than they are directly influenced from something that I may have gone through, if that answers your question. I'm fascinated by your overall
1: process, like just how you, you know, your words come to you and you talking about them, some of them being even like prophetic later on where it's just like, oh shit, did I just predict this kind of thing?
0: Yeah, it's weird, man. I mean,
1: I guess let's jump into like sleep paralysis, which is a very, which it feels like it's about anxiety, but um, it's also about this kind of idea of like, you can't fall asleep or if you do fall asleep, you can't pull yourself out of it because you sleep paralysis, right? So, it's like you're damned if you do and damned if you don't in some ways, which I mean, it's, it's hard to do one or the other because you just feel like you may... Get stuck either way. Was this one of the earlier pieces that you had worked with uh, Curb Service?
0: Yeah. um, If this wasn't the first one we did, it was definitely the second. I had sleep paralysis for the first time ever. And like a lot of this album or this EP, I keep calling it an album, it came because I had just quit like binge drinking for the first time in like fucking like 14 years. I quit smoking weed. So my dreams were just fucking insane. Like I was having such like intense like visceral like lucid almost dreams and then i woke up one morning i took my girlfriend to work i came home i went back to sleep for like an hour and in the midst of that sleep i woke up and i couldn't like move at all it was the scariest thing ever And I saw this like shadowy figure at my front door of my room and like ran at me and it felt like someone was like pushing the bed up and down because I felt like I was moving up and down and my whole body was just tingles, but I couldn't move at all. That lasted for like a minute, which seemed like a lifetime. And then I was able to like shake it in the process of it. I thought it was just like my girlfriend, like fucking with me. And then Uh I thought mid paralysis, I was like, she's at work. I was like, who the fuck is this? Because I couldn't like move my head over more to see what it was. But all I remember was just like this like shadowy figure ran towards me, like the bed shaking up and down my whole body in complete like tingles. Like if he's like sat on the toilet for too long, but just fucking everywhere. And then it quit and I woke back up and I was like, what the fuck just happened? So like I wrote the song like that day. At least the first two verses. I think the second verse, or no, the third verse I wrote later on. So, has that happened since, or was it just that one time? It happened again the same morning after I tried going back to sleep. It happened again, but faintly. And then it hasn't happened again since. I haven't experienced it at all since. It's fucking weird, man.
1: Wow. Okay. But, so, okay. I'm going to back (laughs) up and just say, like, so, so, um... Spiritual, imagined or not, what do you think that black figure was to you? Like, what was it to you? Or does it, or is it without interpretation?
0: It felt, I mean, it could be interpreted. I don't have the answers and I don't want to act like I do. So I really Mm. don't know. But if I were to guess, if it kind of felt like, it felt like, like a, like a, life form that may be identified with like with my anxieties and stuff like that because it always seems Mm. like i'm so far out of control and i'm so like dissociated from myself controlling myself regularly and then trying to control my anxieties it's like i have no control over it whatsoever so it's like i wake up i don't know if i'm gonna have a good day or a bad day i'm just along for the ride you know what I mean? So that kind of felt like that just because it was something that was completely like helpless and I could not move. I couldn't do anything. I just kind of had to like endure it and hope I saw the other side of it. And that's exactly what anxiety is like for me.
1: It's completely up to interpretation. You know, there's not really any wrong answer to it, but you know, I mean, your sleep paralysis song is, is really honest and I feel like you just kind of lay it all out and... I don't know, that's that's one thing that I do appreciate you is always being so honest about your anxiety and like, not denying it at all and, and just be like, this is how it is, this is how I deal with it. You know, you don't hide it and I just really admire that you're you're so open about it in so many ways and uh, your music, I know that it means a lot to different people and, and to me and... So I I just wanted to say that cuz it was very it's kind of important to have that out there.
0: Thanks man. I appreciate it. It's like I don't know, I always felt like if I don't rap about the stuff that I go through then I'm a fake. And then it also seems like it kind of beats the purpose of experiencing a traumatic situation, especially as an artist, if you don't vocalize yourself and how you feel about it, which is like the therapeutic part. Cause I find that through songwriting, I tend to like pinpoint causes or I recognize like traumas that I went through that I didn't really see as like traumas in the moment. And it just seems like a disservice to myself to not vocalize my feelings on stuff like anxiety and depression and drug abuse and all these things that seem to have a stronghold on so many of us. But there's not a lot of people who who can give you perspective that make you feel not so alone in the moment or that make you feel not so alienated in the process. Let's talk about Turn the Page. Sorry if I
1: say this in a certain way that just, but it's kind of the the new sheriff in town kind of sound where it's like the clinking of the uh, the stirrups of somebody walking on, a, on like a boardwalk, you know, in an old western town and then there's that yeah. guitar line that's like kind of the baritone guitar sound of... Um, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly kind of sort of, I don't know what to call it. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I could see it as like an old Western kind of sound, you know, kind of
0: going through that. It's growing to be like my second favorite song of the EP. Because I yeah. originally didn't like it as much because I thought that I sounded too much like Everlast on the hook. Like, it sounds like I have him like on the song. Like, I channeled Everlast in the booth. I was like, well, you can't be angry at yourself for sounding like somebody you know and it ended up yeah. fitting the song like very well this one also I, I
1: really liked these lines just or just should i say fragments of the lines where it's just like you mentioned the uh, intelligent cursed and i thought god that's that's just i don't know i i, I thought that it had some more to do with like anxiety and cuz for me i know the more that I know about something, the more that I can be afraid of it, right? Like,
0: Correct, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, ex- that's exactly what it was. It was essentially just a way to say, um, you know, like the ignorance is bliss whole concept. But, you know, saying it like the naive Bob and Weave as in like, they seem to like miss a lot of the punches that like life throws because they're not aware of like where they're coming from. And then saying the intelligent are cursed because I feel like a lot of my anxieties, they they come from growing old and not being so naive and having a more realistic grasp on the world and you're not necessarily a a fan of it. So, that's exactly what that means. My second is also like the bone fragment
1: and ash by the time I turn the page. I can't say that I necessarily understand that line, but I just love the... Just the way that it sounds, the way you present it, and then also just like bone fragments and, and ash and like, you know, someone that's that's been like cremated or something, but... Yeah. And then also kind of brings in the title of the song too, so it's like, oh, so is that the ter- turning the page that you're talking about? But like... W- So, what inspired that?
0: It's more so a play on words in a way of saying, I usually don't try to, like, change for the good until everything's on fire and (laughs) I have to. It's like, oh, shit. So, it's like saying, you know, like, by the time I try to... Turn the page, it'll be too late, everything's already up in flames. You know, that kind of thing. It's like, people usually, they continue like their maladaptive behaviors until it blows up in their face. And then they're like, oh, you know, well, I can change. Yeah. So, like, it's that kind of thing. I'll be bone-fragmented and ash by the time I turn the page.
1: When did you kind of decide to call this EP Dissociation?
0: That happened, like, a year after we finished recording, actually. Oh. Um, Probably, like, the middle of last year. I was talking with my friend and he was speaking about how he's been feeling and how he thinks he has dissociative personality disorder. And I was just like, huh, I never even heard of that. So I I looked it up. It's not something I believe I have, but it's something that I've felt often being like numb and so far removed from like responding to the way that you feel. And you're just kind of like there just like on autopilot almost. And that's a lot the way that I felt during the recording and the writing of this whole project just because i just quit drinking i quit smoking and i was for a lack of better terms i was a raw dogging life as they say because yeah. you don't have vices you're just dealing with all of your shit like brass tacks you know what i mean like just being dead sober being someone who has intense anxiety and at the time depression and feeling like so far not yourself that you just kind of like turn off and You're just kind of along for the ride. That's where the EP title came from.
1: Even in the midst of the current shelter-in-place order, the Jubilee Cafe is continuing to serve packaged, home-cooked meals free to all every Monday evening, 5 to 6.30 p.m. Meals are available for pickup outside the 6th Street door to the Community United Church of Christ in Champaign, Illinois, 805 South 6th Street in Champaign. Jubilee Cafe's mission remains the same. Feed hungry people by cooking healthy and delicious meals. We are open to anyone who cares to receive a meal. For information on the meal or how to volunteer, Go to the Jubilee Cafe C-U-C-C Facebook page or email us at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. You're working on your next project, right? So, or is it all recorded? The, uh, you mentioned, I saw on Facebook something about the seasonal depression is that is that already recorded, or you you and you're just holding on to it, or
0: the majority is we're eight songs in, we're gonna do two more, and then I'm gonna probably add some guest features on a couple of the songs. I'm not planning on dropping it until like the seasonal depression hits, which is usually around like January, it's like mid January when like like the holidays are over, and you're like, no, now it's just fucking super cold, and it gets dark at five p.m. So it's a very depressing album, <laughs> but. It, like, fits the times. There's some songs that are very hype, and the whole project is, is like, like, a manic depressive episode. So it begins very hype and manic, and then you, like, swing into a depressive state, and then that's how it ends, which is pretty much what my seasonal depression looks like, so.
1: Is there anything else that you'd like to say about the Dissociation EP?
0: Apart from it being the first time I've just been the creative and not, like a producer it's a new like realm for me almost like to not have complete control of like the sound and like how you know it's just like Mm. it is what it is you have to put your trust into somebody else and i'm a bit of a control freak when it comes to like my creative aspect not as much like in my real life and i think that also comes from anxiety just because i can't control that so when it comes to like creating my art that's the one thing that i have like complete creative control over like i'm the guy that writes it i'm the guy that records it i'm the guy that mixes it i'm the guy that raps it and the fact that this is all like live instrumentation live drums live guitars live harmonica all that so it's my first time doing a lot of things and i really needed it because i was getting kind of bored As a creative, I was tired of doing shows almost because of the dissociation. I was just up there like rapping, but I wasn't up there like with like the crowd. I found myself just like going through the motions at these shows that I'm like paid to do and it felt bad, but there was no other way I could do it. This helped to like reinvigorate myself musically. And then the quarantine helped a lot to reinvigorate myself in like a performative aspect because I missed it so fucking much and I took it for granted for so long. Now I'm making fantastic music. I got this EP that's dropping. Uh, that Association EP dropping on the 28th today. Seasonal Depression, planning on dropping that like January, sometime in the middle of January. And then I'm doing my next album, which is the sequel to my first album, The Blue Collar. I'm putting out The Blue Collar 2, and that'll drop July 15th, 2021. That's almost done, too. I got, like, three more songs, and I got to get some uh, some guest vocals. Then that baby's done. And then I think after that, man, I think I'm going to wrap it up for a while, if not forever. Focus on my life and be an adult. I've fucking, I've lived too, like, careless for too long. And I'm at the point where, like, I'm, I'm so close to being, like, really, really fucking stable for the first time ever. And, you know, like, I don't really get much from music anymore. I kind of want to just have a relaxing comfortable existence at least for like a year or so like I've been like pushing myself to like create and create and create for so long like I need to just like take some time for myself figure my shit out and then once I do that who knows I'll come back or who knows I won't I don't know but yeah that's where I'm at right now
1: I know at least
0: you know for for
1: me when I've been in when I've been in therapy like you know you originally go to therapy because you you feel like you have something you have to work out and then I always like I felt like I got to a point where it was just like I don't know what else I have to say I'm almost it's almost like you get annoyed with the fact that you don't have anything else to like yeah get rid of and so I don't know if maybe you I mean I, I, I know I'm kind of putting something on you but I'm also like it feels like maybe you're at that point in therapy where you're just like, okay, I, I'm annoyed with the fact that I don't really have something to say, but I want to get, I just, I want to get my head straight, but I also want to just like back away and see how my life goes with that. You know, I don't. Yeah, know, maybe, absolutely. You
0: know? I mean, and that's pretty spot on because I'm in therapy, and I, I began therapy pretty much like right when I began the, this process for this EP. Which is weird. I didn't actually ever put that together until just now. And that's kind of like where I'm at in therapy, but it seems like a good problem, you know? Yeah. And it's still good to like talk out your issues. Because there's a lot of things that I didn't realize were like holding me back or things that were triggers for my anxiety that I didn't realize until I spoke with somebody else. Because I normally just like write how I like. I know that I feel, but in the process of therapy, I figured out why I feel the way that I feel. Mm. Which doesn't always translate in my music. And I think that helped a lot in this project being so introspective because it's my first time really like knowing myself in that manner. Dead sober in therapy. I beat the shit out of myself for 14 years. I got some shit to work out. Oh, I also do music. He's like, hey, well, you should, do, you should put some of that into the music. Uh, so I did, which I always do anyway yeah so i think you're pretty spot on to that and i also i kind of like have like phases where like i create i perform and then i live life for like a year and a half and then i'll come back and then in, in a year i'll have an album so i've felt this way before i'll probably feel this way again i'm sure this isn't the last album i'll ever make when it comes out next year in july Where can everybody find your
1: Disassociation EP once it drops?
0: I mean, it'll be on all platforms. So I just like whichever one that you prefer the most. If you prefer Spotify, you prefer Apple Music, Google Play, it'll be on SoundCloud. Um, I'll probably have a hyperlink that will take you to like a consolidated homepage that'll have like links for each one. And then from there, you can choose however you want
1: to ingest it. Chase, thank you for just walking me through the songs and telling me all about it. And like, yeah, I look forward to the other two albums dropping, you know, one in January and the other one July 5th. As as we kind of progress through this life, you know, we kind of have to figure out like our, our own path, but I feel like your path will lead back to music because, you know, sometimes we got to set it down, but you know in the end it it never really lets go of us so i look forward to kind of how that builds up
0: i mean i don't think i'm ever gonna quit like creating music i think i'll always create music but i'm gonna quit putting such a like high demand on myself for it if that makes sense I, i don't force it out but sometimes it just becomes a lot and i get manic every time i like record and i don't know i just need a break man that's all awesome well thank you so much yeah man absolutely no problem Thank you for listening to Champagne is Also a Band podcast. This is Chase Scott, a.k.a. Chase Baby, from episode 38, reminding you to check out the Dissociation EP dropping August twenty-eighth, 2020 on all major platforms because great music is out there. Go find it where you live.
1: You almost have an NPR voice. It's so good. Blue <laughs> <laughs> Studio. South Baker. On the inside.